Hey everyone, I'm Gabby and welcome to Not Quiet, Just Thinking, the podcast where I tell my story in hopes that it can inspire you to share yours as well. What's up everyone? It's Gabby and welcome back. Happy Monday. I hope you're all ready for a new episode and you're all doing really well. I know this past week for me has been really stressful and overwhelming as I come into the last couple weeks of my spring semester, so I have a ton of work to do, and because of that, I've been on my computer, feels like every minute of the day, just doing projects and writing papers and making my schedule for the week, and you know, it's all just been a little chaotic. That being said, I needed today's interview more than ever, and I did film it a while back, but just going back and editing was a great reminder of everything we talked about, and I can't wait to share with you. It's it's a topic we haven't really looked into much yet on the podcast, so I can't wait for, for you to hear our conversation. This week, we are meeting with Alessa Cardi and really looking into the connection between physical and mental health. This is not really a new idea for me. I love exercise and movement, and it's all a really big aspect of my self-care routine. I try to make it to the gym a couple times a week to do cardio and lift weights. Weight training has been a huge thing for me, and I love it so much because of the goal-setting aspect of it. Each time I go, I can try to, you know, progressive overload and and just lift a little bit more, do some more reps, and I can feel myself getting stronger in the process, and not only physically stronger, but mentally, because I'm building confidence, and I'm just feeling really great when I leave the gym. But there's also those small movements that we sort of take for granted, and there are things that we could be doing throughout our day that we don't really pay attention to. A habit I picked up at college was doing stretching and small little yoga routines or Pilates routines right in my room. And I sort of fell away from that recently, but I want to get back into it, especially after talking to Alessa, just because I realized how those small movements and taking like three minutes even out of your day to do those movements can have a huge impact on not only your physical being, but your mental health and and the levels of stress you face especially in the workplace and in an educational setting. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Not Quiet, Just Thinking. My name is Gabby, and today we have another interview scheduled, so that's super exciting. And we are meeting with Alessa Cardi. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, thank you for having me, Gabby. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about physical, uh, well, actually the intersection of physical and mental well-being in your workspace. Um, I am what people have deemed me the power posture pro. I teach people how to sit, stand, and maneuver around their technology. So I teach people minute at a time healthy movements that are designed 100% for their workspace. um, And we do them in whatever you are wearing. So there's no need to change your clothing. There's no need to even really take breaks during your day because it's designed to fit fitness into your workspace. And by taking five or even 10 minutes of a step back from your workday, we're improving, um, we're we're creating sustainable high productivity, we are getting rid of body pain, we are lowering stress, and we're just improving the way that you approach your workday. Yeah, that's amazing. I think 
I know for me, when I'm typing on my computer for a long time, I'll definitely get up and my back hurts. So that's a really great approach to just, yeah, yeah just helping well, you one feel of the, better. Like, one of the very first things that we teach people is to undo the hunch. So you mentioned that your back is hurting because so many of us, our technology in the last, you know, five, 10 years, right? We used to have these huge desktops that would be all set up and were really just the entirety of our desk. And now most of us are on laptops. Like right now, my laptop is on top of a stand so that it is, you know, up at, you know, at my eyesight, um, at eye level, I should say. Um, and I, I hope that other people have a similar situation as well, because it's one of the ways to properly adjust your workspace that we talk about at Jobu Fit. But now our phones are getting flatter and all of our technology is getting smaller. It's portable or it's quote unquote portable. It weighs a ton still, right? When we're carrying it around. And now we have to figure out how to address our technology because as our technology gets smaller, we are getting smaller with it, right? And you said that your back hurts while you're sitting at your computer. It's because you're trying to get closer to your computer because you think, if I just get a little bit closer, if I just focus a little bit harder, I'm going to get through the workday. But in all actuality, what's happening is you're trying to fit yourself into your tech instead of having your tech fit your lifestyle. And so the way that my tech is fitting my lifestyle right now is that I have it up so that I don't have to hunch over at my computer screen. And then I have my, uh, when I'm sitting at my permanent workstation, I have my keyboard that is separate so that I can adjust my keyboard depending on you know where my arms are resting. Same thing with the mouse. If you're using a wireless mouse, the same thing goes for the mouse. And then if you have, you know, those people who are working in an office, if you have a phone, the same thing, your phone needs to be adjusted for the correct area. I mean, we do this, um, JobuFit has a toolkit, which is essentially a fancy word for a workbook. And I teach people exactly where to put everything to help their body so that you're not fitting into your technology. You're really approaching your technology in the, the most functional way. And by the way, I despise the word ergonomic. I, it is what I call my workplace dirty word because there is no such thing as ergonomic anything. If there, you know, ergonomic is something that you put around you to support you. But what I teach is I want people to understand their bodies, to understand how to use their bodies. So that, that way you can sit on a rock and have a functional work day. You can have a stress-free, pain-free work day because you know how your body works. And that way it'll help you, doesn't matter where you are on the beach, you know, at a proper desk, your mental health is, is rocking because you know, my physical body is, is working at its hundred percent. And even just taking some time, like you said, to step away from work and think about that is putting energy toward yeah. something that's just giving your mind time away from work. And that's a really important aspect of mental health as well. So. Yeah. Great. And I love the, the, you, like you said, which you, the way that you phrased it, stepping away, um, it, in, it implies a physical movement, right? It's not just a, okay, let me go close my email and open up something else on my computer, whether it's like opening up Facebook or now you can go on Instagram. It's really stepping away is a big, uh, is like is the the key here, right? We want to stop looking at a screen and actually turn your head and look outside. You know, like look at something that is real, that is physically in front of you, because that will give your what we what I call 
uh, forgotten body parts. And one of those forgotten body parts is your eyes. And we have exercises for your eyes because our eyes work so hard for us, when, especially when we're sitting in front of blue screens all day long, right? So actually stepping away, going for a walk outside, even if it is just you know, leaving the phone next to your computer and going to make yourself lunch in the kitchen without some, you know, without a screen in front of you, that physical action of stepping away will give your brain as well as your body a break. Right. And that's really, that's the key. So I love the fact that you actually said step away from your work because that's, that is the key movement away from your technology is really what's going to save your body, which then saves your, your brain and your stress and your anxiety and all of those things. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up eyes because that's something I've been thinking about recently because oh. as I've been on my computer more, I've been getting really bad migraines. And when I get a migraine, I'm even more stressed because I don't feel well, but I still have stuff to do. So just like you said, taking time to go for a walk or just not be on my computer for a few hours has helped a lot with that. So wait, and then again, what you said is wonderful too, because we, you need to start thinking about stress as a downward spiral, as a two-headed downward spiral. And so this is wonderful that you said this because you have a physical reaction, right? When you get stressed, which is a mental thing, you know, you, you start to mentally get a little tense, you know, something may be a little bit overwhelming or you have a long to-do list or you hung up that phone with a family member or a boss or something and it just really stressed you out. And then your body's like, okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to react. I'm trying to, but your body's, the way that your body is telling you you're doing too much is by giving you this migraine that says, okay, I have to step away. And so then you say, okay, now I have a physical reaction to this stress. Now, side note, right? If your doctor says that you have migraines for another reaction, reason that you talk to your physician about, right? We're talking specifically about stress and the way that it's affecting your body here. And then what happens? So now back to the story, right? Then what happens is that your, your body says, okay, I'm giving you this headache because I need you to step away from whatever it is you're doing. I need you to back away and take care of your mental and physical well-being. And then you're like, but wait, I have to finish this paper. I have to finish this assignment. And then you're, you start to get that mental stress again. And then the headache gets worse. And then what we do, we end up doing is we spiral downward until your body can't take it anymore. And you crash and you have to close everything. You close the lights, you close you know, your computer, you close your tech and you end up crashing, right? So one of the things, the best thing that you can do for your mental well-being is to cut off the downward spiral of stress before it begins. So whether it begins mentally, right? So you have the phone call or you have the to-do list that seems to go on for forever, or you have the physical pain, which is, could be like the, the hunch you're talking about your back hurting, right? And you're just, your back is hurting and that's where the stress starts for your day. But I have to get through this work, you know, but my back hurts. I have to get through this work and then it becomes mental and it spirals that way. Cut it off. And the best way to do that is to acknowledge, okay, I've got a lot to do today. I have to get through everything today, but I want to make sure that I get through it so that at the end of the day, I am happy that I accomplished as much as I could for my day, right? Whatever realistic accomplishments that you could, you know, you could finalize for that day, right? Because we all need to have realistic goals for ourselves. And so the way that we cut off this downward spiral of stress is schedules, creating a schedule. To-do lists are wonderful, right? Organizing our, you know, our inbox, our desk or whatever, that's all wonderful. But the goal of your life is to schedule your days so that you can say, okay, in the next hour, 
I'm going to write two paragraphs of this term paper that I have to do, or I'm going to answer five emails. And then after those five emails, maybe you get them done in 40 minutes. Maybe you get them done in 55 minutes, but then you're going to say to yourself, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk around the block, or I'm going to get up and I'm going to stretch for five minutes. And then that way, stress has no place in your life because you have scheduled appropriate amount of movement for your workday so that your brain can say, I did this. This is wonderful. Now I get to move my body so that I don't hurt anymore. And so that my body doesn't have a chance to have this downward spiral of stress. And then also scheduling, what I like to teach people um, is working within the 55-0-10 ratio. So the 50-10 ratio. So for every, uh, every 50 minutes that you spend seated, completely focused in your work. Now that doesn't mean like, all right, I'm going to swipe through Instagram for 10 minutes. Then I'm going to respond to an email. Then I'm going to go back and see what I can see on YouTube. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about buckle up 50 minutes of work. And at the end of the 50 minutes of the work, whether you set an alarm, whether it's something that you accomplish, right. And it only took you 45 minutes instead, then you spend the 10 minutes moving. You go and get a glass of water. You make yourself lunch, whatever it is, 50 10 is the goal because in that way you don't let stress get into your life in any physical or mental aspect and you're you're able to power through for the rest of your work day. That's a great method to to adopt. I've been working on scheduling and being more organized in that way and also having more realistic goals. Um, I'm a writer, so I've been like, okay, you need to write for 3 hours every day and then I I don't accomplish that cuz I don't have time for that, but yeah, and then when I would go away from my computer, even if I was at the gym, I would be trying to write down a list or like respond to emails or something not actually not relaxing. gym wise, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, exactly. um, right. So I like that you brought up realistic goals because that is something important. And when we need to take rest, we need to actually rest. Yeah, really. and honestly, it's like any new habit. If you can sit down and focus for 15 minutes, like right off the bat, go for it. Most people cannot. So what I usually tell people is if we're going to break things down into an hour, start with 50, 15 minutes and then get to the 30 minute mark and then get to the 45 minute mark. And all along the way, you know, if you spend 15 minutes seated and focused and you're starting to feel a little antsy, then Go get a cup of water and come back down, come back to your seat because that takes less than five minutes, but you've appropriately stepped away from your technology, right? Oh, and if you think like, okay, but what am I going to do for these 10 minutes? Like, how am I supposed to spend 10 minutes moving when I don't even know what to move? You know, I can't every hour get up and go for a walk around the block. Like, you know, it's raining, it's too cold, whatever, whatever the excuse is, um, the, easiest way to get movement into your workday is to grab yourself a big glass of water because I've got mine that just kind of sits next to me all day um, or a bottle of water, however you, you want to handle it, because that will actually biologically tell you I have to go to the bathroom, so I have to get up and move. And so that's one of the ways. Um, and then also a little small plug, if you're still looking for fun things to do during your workday, you can pop over to my Instagram at alessa.joebuffett, which is my company. And in there, there's a free download where you can actually steal my healthy work schedule, which has 20 plus things that you can do within those 10 minutes that fit into your 10 minutes. 
sense. And that that's a, you know, shameless plug. <laughs> you can go and grab that. I'll put a link to that in the episode description because that was awesome. definitely helpful. Yeah. And I I just I like your whole approach to wellness. It's more small changes can have a big impact. It's not something drastic that ends up leading to more stress or shame or whatever. So it's just I, I appreciate that. And I'm gonna definitely take that into account more often just to go get water or something, something small. So Yeah, and honestly, no, and I appreciate that too, because that's really that is my message is we want to fit fitness into your work day. But one of the big things that people take for granted is their mobility, but even their ability to just raise their arms up to the lights. Um, and I mean, like pre-COVID, um, I used to give talks in, in offices, you know, between like four and eight times a month in different offices. And I would see, you know, 20 somethings that were just starting out all the way up to upper management, people in their fifties, sixties, and even in their seventies. And it didn't matter if they were wearing a t-shirt and jeans. It didn't matter if they were wearing a full suit, but I will tell you that like once people hit like 45 and they've been in an office and they've been grinding away for years, getting their arms past their shoulders, this was it for them. They really, they couldn't even reach their hands up to the lights. So that's another thing that I really try to, you know, forcibly share with people is if you don't use it, you will lose it. And that really comes down to mobility. And so a lot of what I do isn't there to make you sweat. It isn't there to, you know, really take over your pre- work day or pre-morning workout or even post-work day evening workout. That's not my goal. My goal is to show you that by acknowledging your body, by sitting properly, proper posture and adding movement. And I do, I have, you know, we can do bicep curls. We can do ab crunches at our desk. You can do push-ups and tricep dips at your desk. I show people how to do these things on my website and on my Instagram page. And it's really easy. Five minutes you know, a couple of reps of 10, you know, a couple of sets of reps of 10. Um, and it, it works, you know, it's not going to fatigue you. It's actually going to give you that energy boost. It's actually going to give you that, you know, just that little kick of adrenaline so that your, your body and your brain wake up and you're really creating that sustainable high productivity. Because after you work for those 15 minutes and you start to feel yourself fatigued, you really kick it up by just 10 minutes. You know, it we, we do bike riding at our desks. You know, we do things that are fun, that are a little bit challenging, things that can challenge you so that that way you, you get this. You get the fact that you're moving your body. You can take your favorite morning workout moves, whether it's a tricep dip, whether it's a crunch, whether you're a morning bike person and take it into your workday little bits at a time. So that's my goal is to not take over the morning or the evening workouts, but just show people that, if you don't use it, you will lose it and how to not lose it. That's the goal. I love that. Something else that I noticed just exploring your website a little bit is that a lot of your brand and how you've built your company has come from your experiences abroad. Um, would you be able to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I have my BA in dance. Um, and I have grown up dancing all over the world. When I was younger, I was in a very, uh, mobile uh, dance dance company that had us dancing all over the United States. And then when I was an undergrad, um, I had the privilege of studying in Paris for summer and then in Florence for a semester. And I actually got to study dance. Um, and it was during that time of my life. Now, 
I have family members that live in Italy. So for me, like I had, I'd been to those cult, I've seen those cultures. I'd been to those countries and really acknowledged them, but it was during my like living there long term than just being there for, you know, 10 days, two weeks kind of thing um, that I actually got to, you know, really like hone in on that culture and say like, oh, you know, these people do, they take about a two hour lunch in the middle of the day. They sit down and they socialize and they back away from their technology. And, you know, maybe they have a glass of wine, you know, that's part of their culture. And then they are, you know, almost refreshed. And it's almost like the morning for them again. And then they go back to work until five or six o'clock. Right. So that mental break really showed me like, wow, there are things that need to change for, you know, the average working professional in the States, right? But people who work for somebody else, work for a larger corporation, wow, they could learn something from this. That, you know, these people, I mean, maybe they don't accomplish, you know, quite as much as the States, what, what we accomplish, but it's really, they, they are living, they are productive members of society, and they're still caring for their mental health. Um, and then after um, I got married, via my honeymoon, we moved to Japan. Uh, my husband uh, moved there for work. So we, I spent three years, the first three years of my marriage there, and that was another eye-opening uh, kind of period of my life. Because uh, if you know anything about the people of Japan, they're probably the world, arguably, the world's healthiest nation. Now, you can, we can discuss all these different things. But, you know, I went from, you know, living in like the Mediterranean and seeing that Mediterranean diet. And that's kind of how I grew up and eating that way. And so which a big, big uh, buzz topic of 2022 is gut health. I never really had any of those issues because I always ate a Mediterranean diet. Then fast forward to um, moving to Japan and they eat fish there. They walk places, you know, granted they live in tinier spaces, but I think in, from what I have seen that the way that they aren't stressed out as like a population, um, is they add movement to their work days, to their days, I should say. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter where you are within the country. Like if you're in an office building or you're, if you're in a schoolyard or if you're in a factory or if you're on the streets, because in Japan, they have, like we have street lamps here, you know, that go on at dusk and then they turn off. Well, their street lamps also have speakers on them. And every day at the same time, music plays. And from childhood, you learn this workout routine and it is the same workout routine. And when the music plays, and I mean, I lived on, on the seawall and they were doing construction to fortify the seawall and you could walk on the seawall even while they were doing construction on par parts of it. And I would see the little lady that was walking her dog, the music would start and she would tie her dog up on the little post that was there. And she'd line up next to the construction workers. And they do this movement routine that was probably about like 10, 12 minutes-ish. It's not very long. Um, and it really, if everybody starts their day that way. Um, you learn it as a child in, in school, in the schoolyards. And that's what they do, you know, before they go into school, they all line up and they do this, this movement routine. I've also seen photos of, of companies in Tokyo where um, when the weather is nice enough, the workers will walk up to the tops of these huge buildings and line up and do this workout as well. And it's just this amazing 
cultural habit that this whole country does. And so for my three years there, I was like, wow, this is, why don't we do this? Like who, where is this, like, why hasn't this spread worldwide? You know, like, why hasn't this been done everywhere? And I did a little bit of research and it was really, it's, it's nowhere. I think Norway has a version of it, but that's about it. Um, and so when I came back to the States, I was like, oh, okay, let me create something that's more Western, meaning things that you could do, a workout that you could do desk side, that's, that's 10 to 15 minutes, um, and see how people, you know, how people felt about it. And I took it to offices in New York and kind of tested it out and got their feedback. And Americans don't want the same thing every day. They don't want it to be 10 to 15 minutes. They want seven minutes or less, and they want the workout to change. And so that's how Joe Buffett has changed. And so my time abroad and my studies and, and, you know, living in different countries has really been the reason I do what I do. And it's, it has been the things that have influenced me most in my life, um, because I have seen the way other cultures live and have seen and have like and acknowledged that, right? And not just made it. Uh, oh, I'm going on vacation, and, and this was great. I'm gonna, you know, eat pana chocolate every morning now when I get home because that's a, an amazing way to start my day. But no, have acknowledged the fact that these people are doing something different and something that we should adapt. But you know, make it our own and change it slightly so that we are the hustle and bustle of you know, U.S. lifestyle or the requirements of the U.S. mindset can really adapt to this. And so that's where Joe Fit has come from. It's, it's changed a lot. It's made adjustments for what people have requested and their needs and, you know, the, what their workspaces look like now, especially after COVID and that, the way that that has changed everybody's lives. And, you know, now we have movement that fits into your workspace, you know, 10 minutes or less and things that you can do multiple times a day. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, I never uh, knew I about it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I never knew about Japan and and this like workout routine. That's really cool. Um, right. I mean, it, it's something that I didn't know about it until I moved there, and then coming back and I did all this research and trying to figure out like why don't we know about this amazing thing? And it's I, yeah, yeah. It, now you know, and hopefully more people will give it a try and really figure out how to fit fitness into your workday. And, and I will say this, there is fitness that fits into your workday. And if you are comfortable with doing push-ups on the floor and crunches on the floor and, you know, rolling around and sprints, you know, down your hallway, that's wonderful. But if you want something that you can do workout moves, like while we're having this conversation, I can think of five, six, you know, and more workout moves that I can do right now while I am talking to you. And that is the goal is that we want to get people to move so that it doesn't hinder their workday. It helps their workday. Yeah, that's great. And just talking about your experiences abroad, I think that reinforces something I've talked about quite a bit on the podcast, which is just using your experiences to fuel your passion and to really shape who you are and what you do with your life. So I'm yeah, I'm really inspired by everything you've said and and thank you oh, for thank joining you. us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I I feel like these things they go so fast. So Yeah, they do. If you want to go and check out my Instagram, that's a really great place. Uh, my business handle is just at Joe Buffett, J O B U F I T. Um and, oh, 
And that's the word jobu pet, actually. So jobu in Japanese is an adjective. It means strong and solid. And then we put the fitness on there because we are being fit. We're building strong and solid bodies for the workplace and beyond. And then a happy accident when writing it in the Greek Roman uh, alphabet, um, J-O-B-U, your, your job plus you equals fitness. And so we really want to establish to, to make it part of your day. And so that's what we're going with Joba Fit. Um, and then I, because of other things out of my control, namely the Instagram algorithm, um, I started a more personalized um, Instagram handle. So you can get information about my book, um, the Joba Fit Toolkit, um, that is, and also my digital program. And that's all on Jobu Fit Handle at Jobu Fit Handle. Um, and that's really like you can see the new things that are getting released and you know where I've been speaking, all of that kind of stuff. But if you want videos and movement and what to do with your 10 minutes, um, that you can find at Alessa.jobufit. And those things are, you know, they just get pushed wider because it's more of a, a, a creator's page instead of a business page. Um, and so it kind of packed things a little bit there to make sure we can reach as many people as possible. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening. As I said, I put Alessa's social media and the link to her website in the episode description. Please go check out Joe Buffett. It's such a cool brand and Alessa is just amazing. As you can tell from today's interview, I hope you learned something and I will see you next week. Next week is a big week for um, Not Quiet, Just Thinking. I'm actually going to be posting three episodes opposed to the normal just one. So we'll have an episode on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and you'll see why later. But yeah, we'll have three new episodes and I can't wait to share them with you. So I will see you back next week. I'm Gabby and this is Not Quiet, Just Thinking. Music by Daniel Behrens.